Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. 76. Good afternoon. So much to catch up on. Including the group of women who were rescued last week by a Chisago County Sheriff's deputy who happened to be driving by the lake. Mm-hmm. They were uh, they were trapped in the weeds on an inflatable rainbow unicorn. <laughs> I know what those are. Mm-hmm. I've seen them. You I have? That was my first question. Is where do you get that thing? Yeah, the Sam's Club's got a, a pink flamingo and a big unicorn. What what would the gals have found appealing by sitting on this giant unicorn in the middle of the weeds? They didn't. What they didn't factor in because yeah. what uh, the the youth of America have lost no their, relationship with nature. Not realizing that when they got on the water, the wind was going to push them to one shore of the lake, one side of the lake. And they had uh, they were on an inflatable rainbow unicorn, right? That doesn't have a trolling motor, doesn't have any oars. <laughs> and the just... copper just happened to be driving by and uh, threw him a rope and dragged him in. Bing, bang, boom! Right. Well, let's just keep. Let me just keep firing off things. Have you heard about the chick that fell off the cruise ship and uh, paddle dog paddled for ten hours and was saved? I did not hear that. Well, one. it turns out she jumped off because she had a fight with her boyfriend. Oh. oh, that changes things. 60 uh, miles off Croatia or something to that effect. Ooh. Yes, I'm aware that the first, we, we were talking about Mustangs before I left. Yep. Uh, we're ripping through topics. Yeah, I got a go. lot to cover. Got, I, got yeah, a lot, yeah. I got a lot of my mind. two hours there, Buckaroo. I got a lot of my mind. The, uh, they, because we noted Ford celebrating the 10 millionth Mustang. Yes. Well, uh, there's a gal who owns the very first Mustang that was for sale in the United States, and she kept it all these years. Hmm. Gail Wise. Uh, Did she get to enjoy it at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, she purchased it at age 22. Uh, they drove it for a couple of years, then it sat in the garage, and now it's worth uh, four, $350,000 to $400,000. That's it? It's the first one ever uh, sold. And... Uh, I thought it would be notably more. I, I noted that story. What I what I really want to play, we got to play a few games today. Okay. Who's lying and who isn't in the Keith Ellison situation? The you got Karen Monahan is what uh, the ex girlfriend? Yes. And Keith Ellison, who is a radical Muslim extremist who wants to use the Attorney General's office to sue Trump, right? Which is not the role of the Minnesota Attorney General's Correct. office. He thinks he's going to be celebrated and. But cheered. just because you're a radical extremist, Mysterian doesn't mean you can't be truthful. In other words, we don't know. One of these two was lying. Right. Karen Monahan says, and her timing is incredible. <laughs> right? <laughs> Primary and the whole deal. Yep. She said he dragged her off a of bed by her ankles and screamed profanities at her. Uh, now, director of social media, you'll have to help me here. Okay. What, did she apparently film that as it was taking place? Well, there was there was mention of the video, but I has it surfaced? The video. No, I'm getting not. to that point. Oh, I'm sorry. No, my question is, if there is a video, that it presumably would have been done by her. That would be my guess. Yes, that would have been my guess too. Well, if 
if that's if that happened, and Ellison is that uh, easily riled, why wouldn't he have taken her phone? I don't know. See, I'm trying to play the game. It's not a game, right? I'm trying to figure out who's lying. One, it's this shouldn't be that difficult. One of them's lying, right? I'm not sure if it proves to be the case that Ellison behaved in this way. It would even impact his followers. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I would any, hope it would. It should. I don't have any torch to carry for Representative Ellison, but uh, we were talking about that. Why in would my you family. leave Congress to take a, an Attorney General's? Job? I, I don't know. I have no idea. But we are in my house saying you got to bring us a video if you're okay. Gonna... The gal says she has a video and doesn't release it because she would find it too humiliating. Well, hasn't it been humiliating for her to tell us all this? And if, in fact, she is a uh, an Ellison, she's in, let's say, let's just, for the sake of theory, let's say she's an agent of Ellison's opponent, Wardlow. Okay. What doesn't seem likely. She seems like she'd be the type to go out on a rainbow unicorn. Right. 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 From reading between the lines. Look at me. Yep. Uh so, but let's let's just imagine for a moment that she's somehow an agent of Allison's opponent. Okay. Well, she's not. She hasn't accomplished anything. If that if it, if it was her goal uh, to have him dismissed, she hasn't accomplished anything because she refuses to show the video. Right. That's and, the bookend. And, and if Allison, uh, Allison continues to gain credibility that he didn't do such a thing so long as she refuses to show the supposed video. Right. So then if her evil plan was to take him down, she's furthering, she's solidifying him by not what I'm saying. Right. So I don't know where we are and I don't know what the voters of Minnesota are supposed to conclude, but you have a case here where clearly one of these two parties is lying and it seems it could be all cleared up. By the release of the video. Uh, the longer she refuses to release the video, the stronger his claim becomes that he never did such a thing. Well, why would she say that? She's risking quite a bit to say that if she doesn't have the video. Right, that would be rather risky. And, and, and she would know full well that people would demand to see that video if, in fact, there was a video present. She would be pressed on that. Tom? Hey, Joe. Hi. So I could not be further ideologically from Ellison, as I think you could guess. Either can I. Yeah. And so that said, I'm a little weary of some of my right-wing brethren, not you, certainly, but just beside themselves happy that this has happened to Ellison. Because as I'm cautioning people left and right, today it's him, tomorrow it's you and me. Yeah. You know, this is the Me Too movement run amok. And if you've got evidence, you need to show it. Mm-hmm. If not, you need to knock it off. I, I agree. And just because you, my, uh, I there's nothing that would prevent Ellison from being an essentially truthful human being. I don't like his policies and I don't like who he's affiliated with. I don't like I don't like much about him at all. But uh, he's fully capable of being honest. I agree. And now one thing, Joe, I don't know if you've dug up the accuser's full statement, 
but she managed to bring colonialism into it. Mm. At which point she kind of lost me. Yeah, I guess but, we're talking uh, the no-go zone here. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, It'll be right. interesting to see it play out. Looking forward to seeing it at the fair. All right. Uh, well, will it play out? What's to play out? Ellison says I didn't do it. She says you did. What's to play out? We're stuck. Yeah, we're at a standstill. We're, we're at a complete standstill. What, who's that on line two? Mike, go ahead, please. Yeah, I just, um, there is a second lady who has come forward and said that he did similar things to her. So I'm unaware of that. I'm unaware of that. Yeah, it happened like the second day after Allison said he didn't do anything. Yeah. So we need to find out what she's, if she's like a friend of the first one or if she's totally separate or whatever, but there is a second person out there now. All right, thank you. And when you don't come clean, like this woman is not coming clean. When you don't offer the evidence you have to support your claim, which is a serious claim, you are inviting the likes of me to invent the scenarios. Why would you want the likes of me to invent the scenario when you apparently have or you claim to have within your possession all you need All you need to do is demonstrate that you have this video. And if you don't, then you're the liar. Because one of them is lying. Gary. Yes. Thanks, Joe. Say, uh, I'm driving, so I, I actually am pulled over to talk to you. So I don't have an internet connection, but uh, you can have the Rook just Google uh, Keith Ellison police report. Yeah. And there's a, uh, I saw this this morning on Twitter, a uh, copy, a photocopy of a police report from a woman in Minnetonka. This may be the second woman another caller was referring to. But this woman called 9-11 as a domestic uh, assault against Keith Ellison. And so there is a police record of this. So I don't know why. I'll put put the director of social media on it immediately. Okay, thank you. Reavers, are you on it? Yes, sir. All right. Here's the problem. This is, uh, just a minute. It's, this is almost a case of uh, windmilling. Uh, How so? This, when the story broke, the Pioneer Press had a more thorough story than the Star Tribune. Star Tribune had the story, but I don't believe they came back with it on the second day. The Pioneer Press did. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Right. It's a. It, this will be a tough story for the Star Tribune institutionally. Because they they obviously would be a champion of the Me Too movement, right? Just as part of their template, 
and they obviously would be uh, a champion of a of an of a woman who suffered abuse at the hands of a male, well, as we all would be sympathetic to that. But that's part of their a template, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, also part of their template is that the diversity that they think Keith Ellison represents a black guy, a Muslim, uh, you know, a man of the people, right. which is just utter nonsense. But so they, they're really, they're, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place here. For example, if this police report exists, has the star tribune reported it? I don't know. I don't even know how it I, came I read about. the papers all last week, but I don't recall seeing that story. So I, I don't know if uh, 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 if the Star Tribune has reported that. If there is a police report, that that should be explored. That's the role of being right. a reporter. That's what they do. I found a story. Yeah. Uh, I'm deciding whether it's credible or not right now, but I'm going to send this to you on that second accusation. All right. Uh, are you sending it via email? I I am. Will I? Be would you like to... me to print it out for you? I think that would be better. Well, I just wanted you to be able to see the website in addition. So well, write it I'll down do, you for know what? me. I'll do both. Do both. Okay. Yeah, right. Both of them. I'll determine if it's, uh, okay. I'll determine its credibility. While we're waiting for that, speaking of hypocrisy, longtime Democratic Representative Elsie Hastings drew big laughs at a per- political rally Sunday after he cracked a joke about President Trump drowning in the Potomac River. Ah. He's a Florida congressman. He was speaking at a Stronger Together Democratic event. Boy, there just aren't the Democrats of my youth, are they? (laughs) No, they're not. And underscored some of his Trump warnings by relaying a joke he heard from the son of a former state lawmaker. And and then you can, if you want to listen to the audio, it's out there. He said, you know the difference between a crisis and a catastrophe? A crisis is if Donald Trump falls into the Potomac River and can't swim. A catastrophe is anybody who saves his ass. (laughs) <laughs> and they lit, lit up the room. You know, okay, that's one of those. Okay. One of these deals. All right, it's uploaded to YouTube. And uh, this will. This is going to happen. There's no one to look up to, is there? There's not many people to look up to in either party. Uh, no. Uh, Hastings is poorly serving himself with this nonsense, and we all know uh, that. Such a thing would, should, I believe, was never said about Obama. Maybe it was. I don't know. But if it had been, you know damn well you would have heard about it. True. And nor should I. Nor do I believe such a thing should be said about Obama. But we're, we're losing all civility here. We're losing all uh, uh, decorum. You tell that joke at the golf club to your buddy, maybe. Right. But not at a not, stronger together rally for the Democratic Party. Right. Which is on record. Mm. This is not the first time Hastings has expressed his contempt for Trump. The uh, Florida Sun Sentinel noted in 2016 he called Trump a sentient pile of excrement. Okay. Jokes about physical harm to Trump have also become increasingly common. The band Pearl Jam last week defended their decision to put out a poster depicting a bald eagle picking or pecking at Trump's corpse. The poster was for a Get Out the Vote concert for Montana Democratic Senator John Tester. Well, that's not very classy either, is it? 
Why can't you just have a get out the vote? Why would poster? Democratic Senator John Tester uh, wish to be party to such uh, cheapness? Right. Good for you to get out the vote stuff, but you don't have to take the low road. Well, but who's taking the high road these days? Fewer Find and me fewer somebody. And fewer. Find me somebody. Whatever happened to the high road? Now back to the Allison story. Uh, a second woman has accused. Well, should I read this? Uh, well, I need to know where this appeared. I'll put Reavers back on the microphone, the director of social media. That's why I sent you the link as well. Okay, but I can't email. do both. I can't look at the laptop and do... Where was this reported? This was reported on a website called lauralumer.us. Uh, it's from Illuminate Media. I've never heard of it. It was on social uh, on, on Twitter. John, John said the same. I've never heard of this website before. I don't know who this investigative journalist is, but her, her name is Laura Loomer. There is a police report attached to this story, though, when you click on the link that I sent you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll keep this in. Uh, there you go. Under, under wraps until uh, I can verify it. I've never heard of this illuminating media or whatever the hell it is. Uh, apparently, the woman's willing to be named. Well, I, 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 no, I'm not going to do this because I don't know anything about this, and and you know my position on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. There's much of it I just would would automatically be prone not to believe, but nothing would surprise me. Nothing would surprise me if there was a pre. This is an allegation reportedly from 2005. Uh, when uh, this gal, a Democratic activist, said she was having an affair with Allison. And uh, she did write a piece that was published by the Wright County Republican back then called The Coming Out of the Dark, Breaking the Silence About the Anointed Candidate. So she was trying to blow the whistle on the guy. The Wright County Republican is an actual newspaper. She said she began an affair with him in 1993 while he was married. Uh, I guess she's then moved out of state, whatever. One of them's lying, people. Mm-hmm. One of them's not, not, one of them's not telling, telling the, the truth. Telling the truth. We are in five. Logic segment number three. Reeves, another job for the social media director. Uh, um, where'd he go? Well, it's probably one of the. Um, he's a recording. <laughs> hey, why don't you have uh, invite Allison on at the fair? I already have. I've reached I know, out. I bet you have, yeah. I have. I've reached out to Sam as press guy saying, and this was before any of this happened. I wanted to have him on the air. I have not received a response yet. John, yeah. when you get done with your news, mm-hmm. will you do me a favor? Sure. Go to the archives of the Wright County Republican. Okay. And search for Amy Alexander. Okay. She wrote a story for the Wright County Republican. I don't know if they have archives. And I don't know if they go back that far. She wrote a story 
uh, on October 11, 2008. Okay. I'm sorry, 2006. Got it. See if uh, see if the Wright County Republican corroborates the fact that they did, in fact, uh, print a story written by her uh, in 2006. Okay. Sure. All right. Here's John Height with the news. Thanks, Joe. Cloudy and 76 degrees. Uh, twins, uh, kind of an odd situation. They'll play three in a row against the White Sox, but uh, one of them will be here. That's tonight. It's a makeup game at Target Field. Highly touted uh, Twins prospect Steven Gonsalves makes his Major League debut against White Sox righty Lucas Giolito. After the game, the two teams then head to Chicago to play a two-game series. Vikings this morning releasing kicker Kai Forbath, who's kicked for them the last couple of seasons. Uh, the team drafted Auburn kicker Daniel Carlson in the fifth round of last spring's NFL draft. He has obviously won the competition for the kicker spot. And Lindsey Whalen scored 10 points, final regular season home game of her career. Sylvia Fowles set a WNBA season record for rebounds. The Lynx closed the season with an 88-83 victory over the Washington Mystics last night. Target center, they're saying... Had 13,013 people in it. She's number 13, so I'm guessing they may have fudged that. Oh. Okay, clever. Are they that's in the playoffs? Good. Yes, they're in the playoffs. They actually. So this wasn't her last game. It's her last game here. Well, they could still have a home game, but yeah. it'd be pretty hard because they're the seventh seed. Yeah. Uh, they now will face the sixth-seeded L.A. Sparks tomorrow night. Okay. Single elimination. Oh. First round of the WNBA oh, okay. playoffs. Out in L.A., I take it. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, if uh, you follow your WNBA history, that's a rematch of last year's, uh, the last two. Well, actually. you know I do, John. The yeah. last two WNBA finals were the Lynx and the Sparks. That's it. Uh, now they're the sixth that's and seventh right. seeds. And, that's right. Uh, they'll play each, other, play each other. That's right. Tomorrow. News notes from today. A criminal complaint provides more details into the charges filed against a 38-year-old woman accused of setting a fire at a downtown Minneapolis store that caused more than half a million dollars in damage, not including lost revenue. 38-year-old LaWanda Jones of Brooklyn Center is charged with one count of first-degree arson and one count of second-degree arson in Hennepin County. A clothing rack at the Marshalls store on Nicolette Mall was set on fire July 15th. The fire resulted in the store being closed for over two weeks, according to the complaint. Jones was found in Fargo, North Dakota. She's being held in the Cass County Jail pending her return to Minnesota. The complaint says investigators reviewed store surveillance video, which showed a woman wearing a black baseball cap with a red logo, a white T-shirt with black lettering, white shorts, bracelets, and black shoes standing at the boys' clothing rack as the fire was set. According to the complaint, Mm. she pulled a long grill lighter from her pocket and then ran out the door before the fire actually ignited. Seconds later, flames were seen coming from the rack the woman was standing at. After media outlets ran the surveillance footage, the report says several tips were received identifying Jones as the woman shown in the video. Dakota County Attorney's Office is a 59-year-old Rosemount man with 17 prior convictions for DWI has been charged in connection to a crash that involved four vehicles last October. A release said Marshal Anthony Canole is charged with one count each of criminal vehicular operation resulting in great bodily harm, Criminal vehicular operation resulting in substantial bodily harm, first-degree driving while impaired, and driving with a canceled license. According to the criminal complaint, a truck driven by Canole allegedly rear-ended another vehicle on Highway 52 in Vermilion Township. That caused the driver of that vehicle to collide with a vehicle in front of him. An eyewitness to the crash said uh, he or she did not observe Canole slowing down beforehand, estimated he was going about 50 miles an hour at the time. The complaint says an officer who made contact with Canole observed he had bloodshot and watery eyes, slurred speech, lethargic movements, and was unsteady on his feet. The complaint goes on to say he demonstrated signs of impairment in field sobriety tests and that a blood test revealed the presence of amphetamine and methamphetamine. 
Two people in the vehicle, Canola's reported to have rear-ended, did suffer injuries. The complaint alleges an inspection of Canola's truck and trailer showed numerous deficiencies, including lights and blinkers that were inoperable. How many DWIs? 17. Maybe after, I don't know, six, you get your hands cut off. Something. Something. How would What would you disconnect? You couldn't really anything for driving. Well, you can still hop in a car and drive no matter... Yeah. Take your license away, whatever, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, how many of the 17 were given to him when he didn't have a valid license? Yeah, exactly. Probably exactly. 15 of them. Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't that get you, uh, you know, you you, think the, so. the, the seventh time you did that you're without a hand. license? There you go, you lose your hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly there had to have been jail time somewhere along here. You I would think hope. so. I would hope. Anyway. Look, we gave you seven, pal. Now, yeah, here you go. Your, give now, me your hands. Give me your hands. Oh, it's going to hurt, but that's, you know, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Pope you're Fran- going to need an automatic from now on. <laughs> Pope Francis today publishing a scathing letter condemning the cover-up of sexual abuse within the Catholic Church. The letter specifically referring to a Pennsylvania grand jury report released last week, which said that more than 300 priests abused at least 1,000 children and likely thousands more over a seven-decade period. Uh, the Pope wrote, the heart-wrenching pain of these victims, which cries out to heaven, was long ignored, kept quiet, or silenced. According to last week's grand jury report, a trove of documents containing allegations and admissions of sexual abuse were kept locked up in what the church calls its secret archives, with the only key in the bishop's hand. According to the grand jury, the files the church kept locked up contained a pattern of strategies that were a playbook for concealing truth. Some of the tactics for church record keeping included euphemisms like saying inappropriate contact or boundary issues instead of rape. Even if a priest was abusing children, he was allowed to keep his housing and living expenses. Above all, the church was told not to call the police, instead handle claims like a personal a personnel matter. Was I just lucky as a kid? Uh, I never uh, experienced any of this. All of the priests that we had at, at my, our school... Because this makes it sound Church. as though it was inevitable, doesn't it? It, it was, was inevitable never. that you were going to be molested. It's so widespread. I was an altar boy from early on, fifth grade through uh, four or five years. Me too. I had no fear, no... I never experienced a thing. No. Maybe, maybe like, you're just lucky. Yeah. No hurricanes? You're just lucky. You're lucky, yeah. <laughs> no hurricanes. President Trump tweeting this morning he hopes former CIA Director John Brennan will sue over the stripping of his security clearance, saying that would make it very easy to view Brennan's texts and other communications. Brennan said on NBC's Meet the Press yesterday he's willing to take the president to court if it would prevent current and former intelligence officials from similarly having their clearances stripped. The White House says the president is thinking about pulling the clearances of a number of other current and former such officials. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said Brennan's clearance was stripped after erratic behavior and untruthfulness, although the president, in an interview with the Wall Street Journal, linked the pulling of Brennan's clearance to the Russian probe. The president also appeared today to question his own Attorney General Jeff Sessions' leadership of the Justice Department, as DOJ official Bruce Orr still has a job. The president said he believes Orr's clearance will also be revoked quickly. Brennan, who was highly critical of the president prior to his security clearance being pulled, has continued to be a vocal critic, saying the president is, in his words, drunk on power. Italian actress Asia Argento recently settled a complaint filed against her by a young actor and musician by the name of Jimmy Bennett, who said she sexually assaulted him when he was 17. The 42-year-old Argento settled the notice of intent to suit filed by Jimmy Bennett, who's now 22, for $380,000 shortly after she said last October that movie mogul Harvey Weinstein raped her. 
Argenta, one of the most prominent activists of the Me Too movement against sexual harassment, co-starred with Bennett in a 2004 film called The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things, in which Argento plays Bennett's prostitute mother. Bennett says in the notice he had sex with Argento in a California hotel in 2013. The age of consent in California is 18. He was 17 at the time. Argento became one Who of the she? Mo- Some actress? Yeah, Asia Argento. And she was uh, uh, she was a big part of the Me Too movement when it first started because yeah. uh, she said she had been raped by, uh, by Harvey, Harvey? Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, her, it uh, turns out she was doing the same thing to a kid. Yes, and her uh, so far her press people have had no comment yeah. on what was going on there. Wasn't she Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend? She was, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Huh. I'll be damned. Hmm. Look at the time. Yep. <laughs> John, do that right county thing. I will. Yep. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Dahl. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at 76 degrees. A lot of clouds out there. Some scattered showers northeast side of town. Uh, basically from northern parts of Ramsey County, just north of downtown St. Paul, stretching to just north of Stillwater and into uh, northwestern Wisconsin from there. There's scattered light showers, not really anything major, and then more showers down in far southern Minnesota. I think that's where the majority of rain is going to be. We'll see these clouds and showers gradually clear out later on this evening and down to 61 for the overnight low. Very comfortable night tonight. Partly, partly sunny to partly cloudy and comfortable tomorrow up to 76. And then on Wednesday, part of cloudy skies up to 80. It stays at 80 on Thursday. Some nighttime thunderstorms are possible. They're going to be scattered into Friday as well. So the first first day of the fair should be fine on Thursday. It's nighttime by Thursday night. And then some scattered activity on Friday. It doesn't appear as though it's going to be a big deal, but 79 for the high then. And then it gets warm and steamy. By the time we get to the weekend, we're talking mid to upper 80s for highs. And next week, we could touch 90 a couple of times. So it's going to be a, a warm start to the Minnesota State Fair. As we get through that first weekend into the early part of next week, it's going to be hot. Right now, it's 76, Joe. All right, thank you. I'm not finding much evidence that the Wright County Republican still exists. I can't find a website for it. Well, that would be a first indication that they're no longer around. You know what you know, you learn if you live long enough? What? A lot of this stuff you're supposed to get hysterical about mm-hmm. ends up being just B as in B, S as in S. Remember Y2K? Oh, boy, there was hype. Planes were going to fall out of the yep. sky. Elevators yep. were going to stop. Everything, nothing happened. I think I called you from the St. Cloud Holiday Inn Hotel and Suites <laughs> to see if you were still around. Yeah, we made it through yeah, it, didn't we? we? Got, yeah. It wasn't even a, a, a blink. I, and, and you know that I'm a, I'm a denier. I'm a great denier. Yes. I, I, I think that the whole climate change BS will prove to be BS. I was reading today about uh, how hot it is in London, in okay. England. Well, it yeah. was, it's so hot that it might be as hot as it was in 1666. That's a sense. When, when uh, uh, London burned. It was called the Great Fire of London. Hot, dry summer, and they, they had the big fire. Uh, but then I was reading today, uh, do you recall about a decade ago, you couldn't open a newspaper or listen to a radio show or a TV news broadcast without the hysteria of the moment being peak oil. Remember that term? Yes. Peak oil. The point at which uh, the world's going to run out of oil and its use will decline precipitously. Right. It didn't happen. Didn't happen. We're still here. And 
Conserving oil is no longer an economic imperative for the U.S., the Trump administration declares in a major new policy statement that threatens to undermine decades of government campaigns for gas thrifty cars and other conservation programs. Uh, The position was outlined in a memo released last month in support of the administration's proposal to relax fuel mileage standards. Uh, Growth of natural gas and other alternatives to petroleum has reduced the need for imported oil, which in turn affects the need of the nation to conserve energy, the Energy Department said. It also cites the now decade-old fracking revolution that has unlocked U.S. shale oil reserves, giving the U.S. more flexibility than in the past to use our oil resources with, with less concern. Okay, now this, this of course, will be met with opposition, uh, but I think I'm talking about two distinct stories. There's a, there's a great deal of wise counsel in being conservative by nature when it comes to using fossil fuels, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yeah. GLers by nature are, are conservationists. Right. Last droppers, and, and but and you know the Sierra Club and the Al Gore crowd—they're going to go crazy at this, and they're going to—they're going to be insisting that that this see this is another example of Trump doesn't care about humanity. Uh, we're burning up, and he's uh, uh, essentially encouraging Americans to use more gas. Don't worry about it. We got all the oil we need. Okay, that's a distinct story from what I'm trying to zero in on. Is why was it ten years ago peak oil? We're, it's over. We're not going to... Remember, we were going to drive a car. Right. It's over. Yeah, they were scaring the hell out well, of Well, it's not over. It didn't happen. <laughs> Where are those naysayers now? That's long gone, forgotten, and doesn't matter anymore, huh? Right today, the U.S. is vying with Russia for the title of the top world oil producer. U.S. oil production hit an all-time high this summer, aided by the technological leaps of horizontal drilling and hydraulic fracturing. Okay. What happened in the 10 years, what happened in the 10 years was the marketplace compelled new discoveries, horizontal drilling, fracking, whatever. The marketplace, the, the government's been hectoring us for ages, if not ages. The government has been on the... Uh, on the global warming bandwagon for, I don't know, what, 15 years? At least. So they've been hectoring us and hectoring us and hectoring us, and peak oil is going to be coming, and you're, we shouldn't be driving. Everybody should have an electric car. In the meantime, the U.S. went out and now has become the world's largest producer of oil. So what we've been getting yelled at by the government, getting our, you know, having them wave our finger at us, because I've told you all along, the whole climate change movement is about growing the revenue streams of government. It has nothing to do with ecology or the environment. And uh, now today we learn that uh, basically the uh, current administration is saying, eh, what the hell, don't worry about it. We got more oil and we know what to do with uh, Not a problem. <laughs> we have more, we'll find more. Well, it's still the best bang for the buck. The, the, the miracle of production that a gallon of gasoline can bring about, we've talked about it on the show before, mm-hmm. is a miracle. But then I'm a car guy, and a lot of people have bought into the idea that, uh, you know, shouldn't be. Uh, Stevie Wonder says climate, uh, uh, climate warming uh, is what killed Aretha Franklin. 
And I just remember thinking to myself, if Pedro, if Pedro Luca wants to tell me that, I might pay attention. Pedro so Luca, Pedro Luca lives in a cave in Argentina, discovered by the Daily Mail years ago. He doesn't use any energy, none, zero. If he wants to tell me that Aretha Franklin, God bless her. I saw her at the Minneapolis Auditorium in about 1968. I saw her really at the height of prime, yeah. Uh, If Pedro Luca wants to tell me that me driving a car uh, killed Aretha Franklin, I'd I'd take him seriously. If Stevie Wonder, who has mansions and has airplanes and has limousines and has air conditioning and a furnace and everything else that all the people have, He can't tell me that global warming killed Aretha Franklin. And he said it killed her because people don't believe in global warming. Well, that's like saying, uh, I don't believe in the twins, therefore you're going to (laughs) die. What's my belief about anything have to do with it? Right. Pedro Luca has a standing invitation. That's the guy. Has a standing invitation to come on this show and give us all a lecture, and I would take it to heart. Stevie Wonder and the rest of the uh, uh, A-list crowd, they really don't have much uh, footing to stand on. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. Uh, emailer Tim uh, provides uh, this. Uh, here is the info on the other woman, Amy Alexander, who accused Ellison of abuse. It was buried in the middle of this article from the Star Tribune, the article called uh, DFLers Back Ellison as Candidate But Say Allegations Need Scrutiny. Another woman once leveled uh, an abuse allegation against Ellison in 05. Ellison sought a restraining order against Amy Alexander, saying she was making harassing phone calls and threatening to destroy him. The following year, Alexander petitioned the court for a restraining order. Uh, against Ellison, writing in an affidavit that they had been in a romantic relationship and that he had pushed, shoved, and verbally abused her and had a lawyer intimidate and threaten her. All right. The Attorney General. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Uh, 76 You know what we're going to be saying soon, though? What? Uh, You're going to see us at garagelogic.com. Garagelogic.com. Yep. It's the rookie for Newgate School in 